If you know who you are, you have nothing to fear and the right voice, your timber, your identity will be revealed completely. Hello everyone, I'm John Tracy and you are listening to Gut Talks, double G-U, double T. Hi everyone, welcome to season one of Gut Talks, double G-U, double T, a podcast focusing on business and tech for good, experience design, and gut feelings. I'm Maria, designer, strategist, and venture builder, running two ventures, Gut, Double G, U, Double T, and Other Dots Foundation. I decided to launch Gut Talks as the pandemic hit with an ambition to educate, put some karma on the board, and feature entrepreneurs, industry leaders, and investors who deserve recognition and have inspiring stories to tell. Feel free to email me if you need me, maria at god.com, W-G-U-T, or check the links in the show notes. Now let's get started. Our guest is a performer, musician, singer, voice coach, and manages information systems at McGill University with over 20 years of experience in singing and performing. He started playing the piano and singing at the age of six and holds two university degrees in music, opera, and vocal jazz. His focus goes beyond singing and he's helping others use their voice in the right way for work and life. And this is today's topic, the voice as an engine for many things. So, hi, John. Hi, Maria. <laughs> How are Were you? Were you talking about me? <laughs> yes, I was talking about you and only you. Okay, great introduction. I don't believe I've ever been introduced that way, but I'm quite flattered. Thank you so much. It's so nice being back. Yeah. I believe it's our second time, so third time is a charm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and for the listeners, so the first time was God Talks before it became a podcast. We talked about different things, actually, and today we're going to talk about something else. So make sure you watch the previous episode, which is on YouTube. So I said you're a singer, but for you, the voice is more than that. It's got another meaning. And most people carefully plan out what they're going to say or where during important events. But they tend to forget to take care of the most important thing, which is how they're going to sound. So what's your take on this and how can you define the voice as the voice with a big V? Mm, great question. So for starters, the voice is probably the best way for humans to communicate. And I'm not a philosopher or anything, but to me, through my own thinking, I believe that we are born with the voice so that we can be heard. And recently throughout the last century, we kind of forgot that thought that it is human to speak and to be heard. And in order to be able to do that fully, you need to understand how everything works, how the voice works, because it is also an organ on its own and it has a life on its own. I always say the voice is sheltered in the body, but it lives in the mind because it's constantly communicating with the mind. So the voice is the best way to communicate between other individuals. Uh, we tend to forget how to speak because we're taken by what we're wearing, how we're like presenting ourselves, what others think about us. Uh, we humans, we tend to worry about our self-image. We're always in this constant battle 
of figuring out what others are thinking about us. And once you let go of that, actually, you let go of everything within and you let go, in other words, you let go of the voice. I always tell my students when I'm coaching, let go, let go. And it doesn't mean relax. It means allow your body to do what it wants to do. So letting go here is just allowing the natural course of the body to get into place. And when we're talking in public, a lot of times we forget all these things. Uh, we are so concerned. We stop breathing properly. We either over breathe or we breathe very shallow. And so this creates this kind of vicious cycle of either hyperventilation or the opposite. And so the best way to communicate to someone else is first of all, to breathe in, second, to speak, and to repeat that cycle in a gentle and simple manner. I always aim for simplicity because simplicity fits everywhere and it's the perfect choice at all times. And how do you define the voice? Like we're going to be obviously tapping into confidence, into presence, into body language. Is it about the pitch? Is it about the tone of voice, the mm. rhythm? So it's a bit what you mentioned, breathing and all of that. Yes. So it's it, about, because we tap into personality as well. Yes. So it's about identity. We say a timber. A timber is actually the tone of your voice, the color of your voice. And when we say, oh, I can really hear your timber when you're singing this phrase like that, or when you say that in such a way, we hear the pure essence of the voice. So that's what it is. The timber is the pure essence of the voice, meaning the source, the fundamental of the voice. This is what the voice is. So the voice with the big V is your identity. It connects immediately to who you are, says so much about you. This is why they say, Doctors heal bodies, but singers heal souls or musicians heal souls with not putting down anyone here. But this is directly connected to who you are, what you do, how you're feeling. And as you said, how confident you are. When you're not confident, we hear it. When you're afraid, we hear it. When you're happy, we do hear it. And when you're sad, we hear those different intonations in your voice. It's not always about how you see the person. It's also about what you're hearing from that person. I don't know if this answers the question. Yeah, absolutely, actually. And, and it um, triggers some others. <laughs> so we mentioned personality, identity, and it's kind of the brand in a certain way because it's your reputation. It's yeah. what you're known for, as you said. So... I don't have anyone on top of my mind that makes me think of, okay, this voice triggers this kind of hmm. emotion or allows you to recognize who you're talking about. Yeah. But you know, what you just said makes me think of uh, voice actors, meaning actors who are doing voiceovers or like a documentary voices, David Attenborough or um, Morgan Freeman. When you hear their voices, there's something so appealing, so peaceful about it. And you know their voices, you recognize the voice immediately, and you know that, oh, this is Morgan Freeman. And it kind of creates that happiness within that Zen moment within you. At least for me, when I hear those voices, I feel like, oh, this is a familiar voice, and he is actually talking to me. And so I'm going to listen. So this is the best way of communication, because 
there is confidence, there is that breath, support, that fluidity when they're speaking, that ease and that simplicity without rushing things. But also there is the timber, there is the identity behind all that. And this is how we are actually interested in listening or watching to either that podcast or to that documentary. You know what I mean? Like you see there are a lot of parody videos all over the internet where they're imitating either Morgan Freeman or David Attenborough or other voice actors or famous actors because it's so powerful. They say when people start making fun of you or start when you start getting haters, it means you're actually really good. So. All right. <laughs> Now we have this question. Um... Time for lunch. <laughs> No, I, I wanted to ask you this question because it's kind of linked indirectly to what you've been saying, but we're talking about the voice, obviously. And do you listen to your inner voice? Do you trust <laughs> your gut feelings? Yeah, inner voice, gut feeling, um, it could be interpreted in many ways. Some just interpret the same thing when they see signs or the number 11-11 or whatever. In my case, it's, uh, yes, I do listen to my own voice. I listen to my gut feeling because it never failed me. It never disappointed me. So there is a rationale behind everything when, when you want to do something, when you want to take a decision. But even when the decision is just makes sense, it's concrete, there's still that behind the scenes voice that kind of tells you what you actually need to do. Yeah, for sure. And actually, this is why I made my agency gut with double G U double T is just to I insist it. on it. <laughs> so I love it. So the double G U double T is very catchy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes, this is the domain I found as well. But it's because when I started listening to my gut feeling, many things changed. So it, it's not an easy thing to achieve. I yeah. must say, but it's for me, it was an achievement anyway, just to start yeah, yeah. doing things differently as well. Yeah. So what would you tell someone who lacks confidence in any situation? You know, it can be from pitching, selling, presenting, dating, anything mm. it might be when it yeah. comes to work or relationships. How can the voice help for basing interactions? I have so many things to tell you, Maria. First of all, almost everyone lacks confidence Not all the time, but at some point, especially when undertaking a new activity or doing a new choice or when you're in uncomfortable and unknown grounds, usually you kind of like that confidence. However, I want to tell you a story about once I was playing an opera role and uh, one of the baritones that was singing with us, he did not know his music. And so he went up during the first rehearsal. Everyone knew the music except for him. And he started improvising he was singing the wrong notes and then he sat down we were like taking a break and I'm like oh you you're like you don't know the music <laughs> you know like we were all kind of discussing that and we all like acknowledged the fact that he didn't know the music and he said one thing he said wrong and strong so in other words it means fake it till you make it in a way but fake it you can fake the lack of confidence while you learn until you're more comfortable and then you have their proper confidence. The same thing applies to the voice. You're afraid to speak in front of others when you're on stage or even when you're in a meeting. Like, it's true that I'm a stage performer, but 
I also work in academia, so I am constantly talking in front of large groups of people. So confidence comes from that stability, okay? Comfort zone. So go back to that inner self, inner comfort in order to speak, even if you're not confident, even if you're afraid, even if you don't know what you're going to say. If you just go back to the source, what is the source? Your source is the breath. If you breathe and take your time, don't worry, people will listen to you. Take your time, but say it in a focused voice. One thing about that also is, I always say, you know, people huh, talk like that. It's very mouthy, mouth singing and mouth speaking. We want to avoid something like that. So we want to have a sound that is very focused, centered. So imagining really a thin line. Definitely, definitely advise because this helps a lot. It will change everything about your voice. If you avoid using the lips too much and spreading like that, the sound will be way too much. You're producing a lot of air. It's going to destabilize you. It's going to destabilize people who are listening to you, and they're going to know that you're not quite there. So keep that focus. Keep yourself centered. And you can interpret that in the way you want. It could be centered as in the voice is really centered aligned from your lungs up to your forehead, or it could mean centered as in Zen. Are you centered? Are you living in the present moment? Okay. Does but that answer it, the question? It, it does. I mean, it's, it's a lot of self-reflection, I think, as well, and self-awareness. But it also taps into, it's a lot about, and this is something we kind of hear quite often, right? It's about how you say it and not about what you say. Yes. Uh, and I believe Beethoven said something like, it's better to play a wrong note properly than playing the right note bad. Something like that. I'm paraphrasing, but it's definitely the, the same idea. For sure, because sometimes as well, if you're going to be presenting a project or pitching for investment or whatever it may be, you can have the greatest product. But if you can't present it well, mm, then yeah. it, it's over. And exactly. this one meeting you had, you might never have it again. Exactly. So the image you project of yourself is also driven by the voice, but it requires practice, right? Self-awareness and experimentation. Yeah. What else? What's your take on that? And what would you suggest? Well, as you said, it's a lot of practice. It's a lot of repetition. It's a lot of self-awareness, but knowing yourself as well. It's not just about knowing that you know, how to breathe and how to speak. It's about knowing yourself. Because when you're confronted with these things, when you're confronted with an audience or in a meeting or manager's meeting, whatever, if you know who you are, you have nothing to fear. And the right voice, your timber, your identity will be revealed completely. And this is actually why they say that singers on stage, it's as if they are, mind my language, naked because you're revealing everything about yourself. And this is the idea we should have. I learned it from somewhere as well. If someone's really shy to present, just imagine everyone or the audience naked, like reverse <laughs> it and just go for it. Yes, that also, that also works. But you have to imagine yourself as well as being naked because when you are singing or when you are presenting in front of others, you are really revealing who you are. Yeah. Or at least an image, a version of who you are. 
And that's it's up that's to you to choose that version, ideally the best version. Yeah, that, that people are going to remember if they don't know you. This is the first thing they're going to remember if they remember, because that's yes. another topic as well. Yes. And, you know, it does play a role. Why do we remember a specific speaker or a specific trainer, a specific manager, a specific singer because of that, because of that voice, that identity in the voice? And everyone can sing, but at the end of the day, it's also that identity behind that voice. And I have another question that is not completely unrelated, but the concept is there. If we think about the radio, if we think about our grandfathers who used to have a radio and like every morning listen to the news, they used to talk to the radio as well. And if they didn't like the news, they would react to it and just talk to the radio as if the radio could respond or converse. Mm. But if we look at what's happening today with the rise of the voice virtual assistants, uh, like Alexa, Echo, Google Home, and Siri, obviously. We're moving from a one-way conversation to kind of a conversational story or conversational artificial intelligence and conversational user interface. Now I'm tapping a bit into what web developers and designers are working on, but they're creating technology that interacts with humans. But at the end of the day, this technology should allow humans to feel comfortable, to be trusted, because it's all about the voice as well. And it's about how they say it. Mm. What do you think about this whole technology around the voice? And this obviously can lead to another podcast where we'll dig yeah. deeper with, you know, someone who works in the field. Mm. But it's interesting to have the point of view of a non-technical person in that sense, because yeah. One thing I want to add as well, the best artificial intelligence is not only created by coders, it's by people who are all about human resources mm. and social mm. sciences and psychology mm. and all of that. Yeah. Now, we all know that the voice of Siri is actually a real person. For artificial intelligence to be 100% accurate, developers need to work on the intonations of the voice so that it does sound like a real person. It's maybe not important, but when we hear the sound of Siri or Alexa or whoever it is, and we're used to hearing that voice, it is reassuring to us to hear that voice. Especially now, if you've noticed since the beginning of COVID-19 back in March when everything closed up and everyone was home and everyone was missing that human-to-human -human interaction, that real basic human being interaction person to person, voice to voice, we weren't missing Zoom meetings. We weren't missing the internet. We were on the internet because it was all that we had. It was the only way for us to communicate in person and see someone because we could not do that in person. So we did miss that at the beginning of the confinement and we still miss that. And you feel that everyone is Maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like everyone is maybe turning more into a human being after all in this age of AI. And whether it'll remain like that or not, I don't know. But I think that if AI developers want to contribute more and want to have a bigger impact on how they are producing voice through their devices and engines and you know models, they have to imitate the real intonation of a voice. 
the ups and downs of those notes when we are speaking, because sometimes even when we speak, we have little notes that we are indirectly singing. And I believe that this is lacking in AI, artificial intelligence, when it comes to voice production. But I don't know everything, so maybe this already exists. But And if it does, it's great. It requires a lot of deep learning to understand humans and be able to produce them. So for sure, from that point of view, but getting the expertise of people who are not only coders will make a difference, certainly. Yes. Definitely. And there are a lot of, I don't know about Europe right now, I haven't been in a long time, but I know that in Canada, there are a lot of big organizations that are involving musicians and singers in order to create new technology, whether it's for music production or for the general public. There are a lot of resources and funding and events related to AI that are like collective projects with musicians and singers. So that's my last question for you. For people who want to find out more about what you're doing, your course, your social media handles, where can they find you? So uh, you can check my website, johnthevoiceguru.com. Most of the resources are listed there. You can also download cheat sheets and singing exercises. There are also other resources provided on my website. You can also check my YouTube channel at The Voice Guru, the YouTube.com com slash c slash the voice guru there are over 100 videos whether it's tutorials or inspirational videos there are many resources for a lot of people depending on what you're looking for you can also find me on instagram mr john tracy and this is more like my artistic account but i do receive a lot of dms at the same time anyone can dm me anyone can message me anyone can comment and i answer all the comments and i answer all the dms as long as they're legit of course cool thank you so much and it's been awesome to have you again on gut talks yes yes thank you so much maria it's always a pleasure seeing you thank you for listening to this episode with john tracy We spoke about voices that stick in our minds, about speaking with confidence and vocal interactions, and tapped into conversational UI, which is all about interacting in human terms. And this is something we're kind of experiencing today, without body language, but it's all about voice, and it's the social network called Clubhouse. So if you're on it, follow John at Mr. Tracy, and follow me as well at Gut, W-G-U-T-T and we can engage in conversations there. Thank you. You are listening to Gut Talks by Maria Matloub. To support the show, please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with anyone who could benefit from listening to these stories and experiences. To continue the conversation, join the LinkedIn group or the Telegram channel. All links are in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.